Hey, are you looking to evolve to a higher level of existence? To practically harness spirituality and personal growth in a crazy, busy, imperfect world? Then you've come to the right place. My name is Prash and this is Urban Spirituality, the show which fuses ancient wisdom with contemporary spiritual practices to deliver value-adding tools, traits, and insights to help you live your fullest potential. We always keep it real, featuring authentic, unfiltered dialogue with guests from diverse backgrounds to inspire, entertain, and enlighten all who listen. So get ready for your dose of urban spirituality. Be present and let's dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, aliens and earthlings, welcome to another walk on the wise side with me, your host, Prash K, and this Lovely lady to my right in this stunning orange outfit, the lovely Sneha Ramji. Sneha, say hi. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi. She does that. She does that so nicely on cue. Did you notice that? <laughs> All right, folks. Let's, let's, let's dive into this. Folks, if you're hearing this, tune in. Share some love and get ready. Make some notes. And we want your questions ready for this. Hi, Manju, Rashmi, Jazz. Marianne, hola, que tal? Buenasera. Great to have you guys on board. Uh, we've got people from Spain and Europe. It's awesome to have everybody on board with us. Thank you so much. Folks, I want to take a moment to acknowledge all the wonderful people who are joining this from so many different places are out there. Um, we have people from Australia too. So it's just a real pleasure to know that these messages are going out all over all over and wisdom is spreading and it just tells us the wisdom is viral we need it it's what we need more of it's the fine wine that we're not getting it's the fresh air that we need and we don't get and it's that chair that you need it when most when you've been standing all day and that is what this show is all about bringing you that emergency much needed wisdom that solves problems and heals minds and hearts so I'm really excited that you guys are with us. Allow me to introduce our very special guest, Sneha Ramji. Sneha has a very unusual background because she comes, firstly, she's not from the UK. She is an immigrant. She moved here some time ago. She has had a very interesting corporate career in media, in accounting, in finance, in the city, She's got siblings, family responsibilities. She's juggled all stuff. So she's a bit of a juggler. And somewhere in her corporate career, which was varied in media and accounting, she decided that she wanted to transcend and transform herself into her life's calling. And fast forward to a time when she then retrained as a counselor, self-help expert, a transformational soul coach, a Reiki master for nearly a decade now, and a chakra balancing specialist, as well as a powerful thought leader in her own right, and a bit of a media personality. Please show your love for the one and only, definitely only, Sneha Ramji. Thank you, Prash. Just to clarify, um, I do talk to people about their issues, but I'm not a trained counselor. Um, I'm a soul coach. So just FYI. Well, Snow, welcome. Thank you for being with us on the show. It's a delight to have you. And this is a subject that's close to a lot of people's hearts. And before we dive in and kind of 
get into the heart of this matter, I would firstly like you to just take a step back and take us back to what it was like being an immigrant here in the UK and where you came from. Okay, so I was actually born some time ago in Africa, Tanzania, and lived my first nine years there. And we came over in 1984. Okay. Um, Bit of a transition because we lived in a small village with no electricity, no running water, very simple life. Um, I remember some of my childhood just being outside playing and not having any of the mod cons, television, none of these games or anything, just being very simple and basic. And then we were thrust into the metropolis of London. So it was quite a change. So you moved here in whenever it was back in the day. You were, you were, you were young enough to remember Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think and old enough to remember the Backstreet Boys. I don't know. One of the two or the other way around. But you moved to London. Uh, You're an immigrant. What was that like? And what were some of the challenges that you faced that shaped your personality or perhaps damaged you or hurt you in some way? Yeah, it's a good question. So I never see myself as an immigrant, but I guess I am because I wasn't born in this country. So that is a definition of immigrant. So, you know, with all this negative connotations with immigration, but I was blessed and lucky to come here. However, it was a huge transition. You can imagine, I think it was about nine and um, coming to this big city with lights and, uh, you know, electronics. We, have, we didn't even have a television there. So it was, it was a real change. Um, you know, the amount of people, we were from a really small, t- little. it wasn't even a town. So yeah, shock to the system. I had to enroll into school. I had to live at my aunt's house away from my parents just because of circumstances I had to change you know felt lonely felt I couldn't speak English right you know Gujarati and Swahili it was a tough time definitely very tough to transit into a completely new culture new school imagine at nine having to face all that even though my parents tried you know they were trying to do it for my benefit Mm -hmm. but it was hard but, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I wouldn't be here sitting to, here talking to you today if I hadn't done that. His right. transition was difficult. So I want to ask you, during those years, what key incidents had an impact on your self-esteem, on your on the shaping of your personality? And I, I'm kind of asking this because I know we've had this conversation before about bullying. And some of the experiences that you had, perhaps parentally as well, things that perhaps were there or not there, and that may have shaped the way that you grew up and the way that you related to the world. Because, folks, if you're listening in, let's always keep in mind that a lot of these challenges that we have or limitations in loving ourselves, or even loving other people have their origins back in our past, either our own childhood or those of our parents even. And we kind of inherit those emotions. There's a lot of emotional inheritance going on here. And Santa, I want to have you open up a little bit about that, please. Well, I think just it was a hard road because obviously our parents, they all met really well, but they're different kind of parents to now. I was talking about somebody yesterday about this, that, we were kind of left to it. 
And that's how parenting was. They, they came to a different country. They had to make their own way. They had to find jobs. Um, so it was slightly lonely, actually. And um, you go into a school and everybody, obviously, they're young and they kind of point at you. You're different. You don't know English. They pick on you a little bit. And you just have to maneuver through it. You kind of at nine don't have that mentality or equipment to deal with it. So what you do, you take it on. You think, you know what? There's something wrong with me because everybody else is obviously, you know, on right. the other side. So you take that on board. And then being obviously middle child syndrome as well, you, you think like, I'm not special. There's an older brother. He's like the first one. And there's a younger sister. She's the youngest. So... I always felt a bit of an outsider. Right. And obviously being a healer, being an empath, I could, I didn't know then, but being empathic and very sensitive, I used to take all this internally and spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on my own. I'm an introvert. I like my own company, believe it or not. I am an introvert. People are going, really? I am. Um, yeah, there were times, you know, I like, I like to be alone, but it felt lonely as well. It felt mm-hmm. like a very overwhelming experience to come into this huge new environment and to mm-hmm. have all of these different circumstances um but you know you get through it and it makes you who you are so in a sense i'm grateful for those experiences as hard as they were um now <laughs> i don't think so much in the 20s or 30s because it really impacted my self-esteem i thought there was something not quite right about me um when it, as a child you start to make those decisions when people pick on you and also at home, we had obviously trying to settle in. I didn't have that support. So I just made assumptions that it was me. So let's just stretch that out a little bit. So from that childhood, what impact did that have on your ability to love yourself? Did you even appreciate the need to love yourself in those days? Because no, I, you, I guess you just get on with it, right? You don't think about these things. And also, you know, the environment was different. We're talking about 80s, 90s. I'm going to show my age now. Nobody really talked about feelings. You just kind of were stoic and you got on with it. And, um, yeah, you don't think about self-love. I, I obviously thought there was something wrong with me. And there was a weight. Looking back now, I, think, I look at photos and I was fine. But for some reason, I always felt overweight chubby I had you know a very slim sister people um, in my community they used to compare me they used to call me healthy I remember a cousin once actually put me on the scales um, to see how much I weighed and they would say don't eat rice don't eat potatoes Um, so you always felt like a bit of a oh my god I'm so fat so you know yeah great lack of self-love there Folks, thank you, Snare. Um, and I want to just invite the audience here. Folks, you're listening in on this. I'd love it if you could, we're opening up here, Snare's opening up. Please share something from your own life that you have felt was an area that you were n- neglecting inside yourself, whether that be, you know, a, a lack of self-love about your body, a lack of self-love about your personality, or Perhaps people told you when you were young that, you know, you're not going to be anything when you grow up, that you're dumb. So maybe your intelligence was challenged. Let's open up and share this because when you start getting this out there and recognizing what it was that people were 
projecting upon you or made you feel that you know you were lacking in yourself then you can start to address it and it's those areas invariably that we need kind of help with right i mean you're making it's like making a dish somebody makes a dish for you and you try it and you need to try it in order to know whether it's lacking salt or chili or lemon or whatever it is and therefore speaking like this and exposing ourselves a little bit making ourselves vulnerable and opening up about what we were perhaps missing in these years gone by, and it may be in our childhood, like Snail saying, or what if it was in our teenage years, or even for many of us in our 20s and 30s, we still have these leftover residual projections from other people about things that make us feel that we're not lovable, or we're not worthy of that love for ourselves. Uh, I'd love it if you would speak to that a little bit about Snail, because we get the situation, many of us, I think, can relate I know I can, that I feel sometimes I can't love myself. Um, you know, maybe I don't deserve it. And sometimes I just feel that maybe I'm, I'm not a lovable kind of person. And I spent a lot of my 20s being that way. Yeah, I'm similar. I guess also we were taught uh, in our culture that loving ourselves is selfish. Like you have to give and give to other people. If you did a lot for yourself, it's very selfish. It was really drummed into us that it's mm. selfless, you know, like, it's a good thing. And, you know, the scriptures say about seva, serving others. Right. Um, what they fail to tell you is that you have to fill your own cup, your own jar mm. first. You can't serve from an empty place. They, they just focused on the service of others. So if you did anything for yourself, that'd be very selfish. So, yeah, I spent 20s, 30s. And what happens with the universe is if you're giving that, energy of brokenness of not loving yourself that message subliminally you know the energy goes out to people and the universe sends you situations to heal that Mm -hmm. so conversely people come to you that treat you like you're not lovable so they reinforce that message actually you're not lovable so you know if I was dating in the early 20s I would get guys that didn't like me well, they would just reinforce this idea that there's something wrong with you. And I always took it on myself going, yeah, there must be something wrong. Like I got married really late. So that whole time I spent thinking, maybe there is something wrong with me. And in our culture as well, they, you know, somebody said to me, uh, if I rejected somebody, have you looked in the mirror? So it was a very harsh upbringing, you know, people made you feel like it's your fault. And I'm not blaming anyone. I think this isn't to share and go, you know, let's blame people. It's more like just awareness and also how people's words and everything, especially to kids, really shape who you are. These people maybe didn't know what they were doing at the time. It's the way it was. So I'm not blaming anyone. It's just, you know, to kind of recognize what happened and how you get to where you were. What I say to people is um, that we have programming bit like you know software and you've got right. these people on this side and they give you this uh program about yourself who you are they give you your identity and it's societal isn't it it's from a young age sure your friends your siblings your family your parents your aunts and uncles everybody tells you who you are or who you should be and eventually you kind of change and you start to recognize so what i'm saying is don't take this thing that you've been programmed with you can deprogram yourself and reprogram yourself to be lovable we we all are lovable we're part of divinity 
and society has taught us something completely different. I mean, look at the magazines, look at the ideals, they're all airbrushed, those ridiculous bodies and, you know, perfect everything. They don't wake up looking like that. They've got a team of people that do their nutrition, train them, you know, they make a living out of looking good. And all these young girls think they're inadequate because they're trying to compete with that ideal. And it's very unrealistic. So you touch on a really important point here, and I want to come back to that in a second. What I want to ask you is a definition. Let's, let's get into the heart of the matter now, and let's really get into this, into the depths of this. What and how do you define self-love? I would say self-love is taking care of yourself and put your own needs um, as a priority. I'm not saying ignore everybody else's or be selfish, but prioritize yourself. What I always say is, you know, that classic kind of analogy. If you're on the plane, uh, you always have to give yourself oxygen before you can give to others. Ah, So make sure sure. that you're filling your own reservoir full of love because you can't love others. You've got nothing inside of you if you're trying to get love from outside. So the first person is yourself. And obviously, you know, your parents, your spouse, your kids, and love for divinity is all encompassing. But that includes yourself because you're part of that divinity. You're part of that source. Never leave yourself out. Okay, but a lot of people will say to that, and some people do, when people say, hey, I don't love myself enough, Mm -hmm. the criticism people get is they think it's selfish, right? So let's let's get clear here. How do we distinguish between self-love and selfishness? Selfishness is egotistical narcissism where you're trying to like put yourself first above others or you tread on people to get to places or you don't consider others in your decision. Right. Whereas self-love is actually encompassing everyone, treating everyone equally, including yourself. Mm-hmm. I think what some people do, I, I know that I have a lot of clients, particularly women that put others above themselves and you know it's it's selfless and they people pleasers and and ultimately Mm -hmm. they forget who they truly are so you're not coming from an authentic place right self selfishness is when you're not coming from an authentic place you're trying to get ahead by trampling on others whereas self-love is from a very authentic place where you love everybody equally including yourself Okay, so let me ask you this. Self-love is heart-centered then. What you're saying is self-love is heart-centered, whereas selfishness is obviously ego-centered, right? It's about our desires and it's fulfilling ourselves. So given that definition that self-love is heart-centered, it is about taking care of ourselves. It is about filling our own cup before we try to fill somebody else. How do you balance trying to give yourself love whilst also tending to the demands that other people have off you in terms of giving them attention, giving them love, giving them time. Well, we all struggle, don't we? In this kind of time poor society, we're all struggling, but then we find time to be on Facebook and we find time to be on WhatsApp. So Mm -hmm. 
we need to kind of come back to ourselves. I say to people, clients, give, give yourself half an hour to an hour a day. We can all find it somewhere. And then you can do things that you enjoy, your soul enjoys. It could be reading, taking time sure. out, you know, meditation, whatever your soul craves. Give yourself that time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I started the journey on self-love, I used to take myself out for lunch. And people are like, aren't oh, you you're going by yourself? I'd be, yeah. I want to show, show myself appreciation, have a long bath, just do nice things, you know. It, it, it doesn't have to be a, ju- a drudgery and a we will have responsibilities, but ultimately we're here also to enjoy the physical experience of being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Sorry, there's a interference. Go ahead. Yeah. So that was my point. Sorry. There was a bit of a technical thing there. All right. So let's talk about the importance of kind of finding that time to bring self-love to the table. How do you cultivate self-love? You touched on a little bit about it, um, but let's kind of bring that out. How do you cultivate self-love? Okay. So first of all, I think it's to do with self-care. So, you know, it takes discipline as well. So sometimes it's waking up a little bit earlier to go to the gym, Mm -hmm. eating healthily, it's looking after yourself. It's, you know, treating yourself to a haircut or highlights or just being, you know, nice to yourself, but also having the discipline of, self-care um there's boundaries we've got to have healthy boundaries with people so you you learn how to say no a lot of people struggle with saying no because um because of that lack of self-belief and self-love they say no that person may not love them but that isn't true i had to be taught that because they uh, one person said to me once what if you said no and i was like i don't know i've never tried it you know, so try saying no, try and like activate that muscle of, you know, I can't do that right now. We, we did this on the retreat and um, some of them said, I can't, it's my mother-in-law, I can't say no. And I said, explain to her that maybe you, have, you can do something later. Right. You know, we have to explain our feelings. We assume people know what we're thinking. Like I used to run around after people my parents and I never explained to them that I dropped something to help them or right. parents particularly um so the per- I was seeing um a therapist actually you know with this self lack of self-love and he said to me explain to them that you've dropped this huge commitment to help them out right so I, start- I started to do that and guess what they started to respect my time because energy responds to energy so if you start to show yourself um not respect but that's the word I can get you know respect for your own time then other people start kind of picking up on your energy so are we are, are we talking about learning to say no here it sounds a lot like learning to positively say no right one of the big failings and I know I've been victim and folks if you're listening and can you resonate with this then click in here because I know a lot of people who have this issue they have a almost like a complete inability to say no to people. And then you end up becoming a people pleaser or somebody who's just worn out because you just can't say no. So how important, how important is that to say no in a positive, you know, non-egotistical way? I think it's hugely important because otherwise we just end up running around and being resentful. Sometimes it can backfire because you don't have time for yourself. 
Right. So, so learning to say no with class, you know, with a little tact and especially in family situations, you may learn, you need to learn to respectfully say no to situations or demands upon you from time to time. Is that, is that what we're saying? Yeah, we, we're saying respectfully. That's a really good word because we don't want to be rude to people. We don't want right. to friendships or relationships. We want to be like, you know, I'm really sorry. I can't do that right now. Maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day because I have these commitments. So they understand why you're not just, no, right. not going to do it, you know, and you, you want to help people. We are all about, you know, serving others and seva and helping and, you know, but it's not to the detriment of ourselves. That's where the boundaries come in as well. Sometimes if you have people that you give and give to like energy vampires or toxic people, sometimes their reservoir, their hole is so big, you can keep filling it and keep filling it. And then they're taking right. more energy, you know, so there's a point where you just have to set that boundary and say no more. And it's painful. It's not an easy thing to do. People make you feel guilty and this, you know, but ultimately we have to do it with compassion as well. But sometimes you've got to, you know, look after ourselves and then you can go back. Once you've kind of, you know, gone back and uh, sort of recharged yourself, yeah. then you can go and give some more. But if you haven't got anything left, you're just going to end up being ill or miserable or resentful. And those are all negative sort of emotions and negative um, vibration. We're all about trying to raise our vibration. Okay. So let me, let me put this to you and because especially because this is urban spirituality and a lot of our audience do have some kind of professional role or entrepreneurs and have some kind of busy day job. Mm. How, can you learn to say no and cultivate self-love in the workplace in a, with a busy career? Okay. That is a good question. I used to be. In I know it's a good question. Cause you used to be there. Yeah. I used to be corporate. I worked for BBC, right. ITV. So NBC universal, that was a tough company. It's a US right. And just don't tell me that you've got to leave all that to do that. Right. Not everybody's beca- going to become a Reiki master and a, and, and a soul coach. <laughs> right not everybody's gonna jack in their jobs not everybody can right people may not necessarily be able to do that how can you cultivate that self-love when you're in a busy tough corporate lifestyle or a job even at work i think again i'm being a little bit because i'm a woman i think women are particularly bad at this we try and do everything at work as well but sometimes it's okay i think to say no to prioritize Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm is too much speak to your boss I, I used to do that to say manage people's expectations you're not you know superwoman or superman you can't do everything because a lot of us juggle you know personal lives kids so much going on and we're like trying to appear like a swan at work where we're right. kind of paddling underneath furiously so it's good to share depends on your work some some things are very competitive i know because i've been in those situations and then maybe you have to change like at nbc universal it's a very tough environment and um, it wasn't for me so i left i went to um, football league i think it was at the time so you just dip, you know you have to work within your parameters your personality mm-hmm. um, i say to people take a lunch break if you can take half an hour you know, I right. think most people eat. I think that's good advice. Yeah, yeah, and it's really unhealthy because you're going to be more productive if you take that half an hour than if you ate your sandwich at your desk because your brain will, uh, you know, reconfigure 
do a small meditation maybe, go for a walk in the park, just get away from your desk for a bit, have a little self-time. Okay. How can you, and we're just, it's, it's a question that's been on my mind as well. Oh. How can you develop that self-love for yourself um, in a way that doesn't make it self-centered? <laughs> we're going to um i don't think i'm self-centered and i've managed to cultivate i'm very caring very kind to people i like to think so um but i i have me time i know when i need time to myself i know when i need to like you know relax switch off right then go back and give more you know i made it into a profession actually so then i have a very clear division of giving home time, life, and so on. Because right. people um, respect my time. Like my customers, I don't expect anyone to call me at 11. Right. So um, this is an important point, right? So, and I, th- we're getting a lot of comments right now on this. Um, a lot of our viewers are talking about the importance of boundaries. I think that really resonates with people. So really, it sounds like setting boundaries is an important part of cultivating self-love. You've got to have boundaries and learning to say no. Those two things worked well together, right? What you've just said, a great example, if you've got a business or if you've got clients, you know that there is a certain time after which you won't take calls because that's your time. It's your precious time. It's your me time, right? Yeah, we have to have a cutoff. Like in this industry, there's people's problems and the problems don't stop, right? They, 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 They come to you and they go home and the problems carry on. At the beginning, I was taking people's calls. And then finally, it's not that I'm being selfish. It's I have to have boundaries because I hear problems all day long. I can't take them on, right? Because I have a separate life to my work life. So I have to have a client. And I do. I really care about them. I give them my time. I give them my knowledge. And I give them healing. And then it's, when they walk out the door, I've got to literally cut the cord. There's an exercise we do, energetic exercise. Right and that stops the energy that keeps flowing and that's important for for this topic as well self-love is about boundaries and cutting cords with people as i said people will not everybody but you know and i'm not judging people that need energy they may be needing to work on themselves i was that person i was a needy person when i wasn't cultivating self-love i was trying to get it from everybody else you know and i was trying to get it from outside Right. So there's people around you that's probably in that situation. Ask yeah. them, you know, to get help or try and give them these techniques, meditation, connecting back to source. There's so much material nowadays. Um, Louise Hay is really good. You can heal your own life. And there's people. Yeah, like, great oh, resource. Yeah, like myself, you can come and see me. I do soul coaching and I teach self-love. There's things on my website. So there's so much information you don't have to be there for every single person because if you have a healing energy, people, you know, like an empath and you're sensitive, people will come to you naturally. They'll be drawn to yeah. you. They'll want to give you your, their problems because, you know, you're good at sort of feeling and being empathetic, but you can't take on the problems of the world. All right. So I, I want to touch on that. Um, because a couple of questions that have been coming in here from the live, and I think there's some really good questions. Priya's asking, if setting boundaries and saying no puts pressure on a relationship, how do you overcome that? 
And that's the thing, right? You know, you're in a relationship, um, it, romantic or otherwise, and, you know, therefore there is that intrinsic care, affection, love, obligation that you have for one another. Some could say a, a certain amount of dependency emotionally or financially between two people. And then you still got to say no. How do you, how do you work with that? Well, how to say no? Partner, I think you have to have that open dialogue with your partner. And sometimes you can't do certain things for your partner and they have to understand. I mean, it's it's a two-way street, isn't it? Like sometimes you you allow your partner to say no to you and you say no. This isn't no for the sake of saying no. This is no right. because you're cultivating that self-love within a relationship. And I think if you have the right partner, they will understand that you need your own space, you need your own time. So I think it goes back to what you said, you know, and, and if I may say so, really what we're saying is it's not just about setting boundaries. And folks, I know a lot of you are saying that Charles, Amit, Hunter, some really good points coming in here on the live at the moment. Really, really good points. Priya, uh, Parol, Sanj, everybody who's joined in here bringing up some great points and we can't Sorry, read them I all can't out. I can't see them because I'm on Zoom. Booja, <laughs> there's some really good points. I think what I'm reading here from the comments is that there's a unified agreement that there have to be boundaries. Yes. But I think side by side with boundaries, I think there need to be some ground rules. So I would say, you know, when you're talking about any kind of relationship, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if it's a romantic relationship or a work relationship, a professional relationship. There have to be certain ground rules. And I think you, you've really nailed it right there, Sneha. You need to be upfront from the beginning. You know, if you, if you're in, if you, for example, take a new role or you're going to be working with a new bunch of people at work or, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody, you don't have to be all formal, right? And you don't have to say to somebody you've just met and dated for four weeks, hey, let's have some ground rules here. I never take calls after nine o'clock. Don't ever call me. I will never pay for dinner. Uh, yeah, you don't need to do that. But you can kind of have an honest and organic conversation to say, hey, look, you know, everybody's different. We all have our own buttons that we do not like pressed and we all have our boundaries and limitations why don't we discuss those and we can then actually work together to actually appreciate and recognize each other's boundaries and each other's ground rules and i think when you convey your ground rules to somebody in a authentic and a respectful non-egotistical and non-threatening way you stand the best chance of setting powerful and yet healthy boundaries that allow you to then say no when you need to and get love when you need to. Yeah, that is right. I mean, I think maybe, as you said, maybe not be too formal about it. We call it ground right. rules. We don't call it ground rules. You, you just have an open-hearted conversation. You know, we began this conversation about what self-love is talking from the heart. It's been authentic. I think people hide authenticity in relationships with spouses with other people they try to be the person the other person expects them to be but there's only so long you can keep that up for before resentment starts to build completely up. so yeah when you when you go to a relationship i think Anthony robin says you go to give in a relationship and that's correct right but you can't you know it's got to be equal balance so you, you give you of course give, you give but there's a point where you have to receive in terms of your own nurturing your own soul people lose themselves in relationships as well because they make it all about the other person and they forget who they truly are because when you love somebody and you're kind of maybe easygoing they like football you start watching football they like this you start doing that 
eventually forget what your own identity is. What is it that makes your soul sing? What makes you happy? Right, totally. What are you passionate about? What are you here to do? You know, we talked about it on the podcast that we all have a soul purpose. Our partners and our kids and people in our lives, they help us to achieve some of the soul purpose. But ultimately, it's up to us. We need to connect back to that soul purpose. Otherwise, we don't live a fulfilled life. So sometimes it's, you know, it could be having a child or getting married is part of your soul purpose, but it's not the whole of your purpose. And people sometimes make that the whole of their world. Yeah, completely. your, Your kids grow up, they leave to go to college or uni. Sometimes the husband and you may get divorced or the husband or the wife may die. Uh, right. nothing, nothing is forever. We can't rely on the external love to keep us going. And a lot of people tend to do that. We need to go to yeah. the internal and cultivate that love. And we haven't touched on it so much, but it's, it's going back to who you truly are to connect with source. And, you know, I teach meditation because when you meditate, you, you really go back into who your natural person personality is your authentic self and you link back to source so you have to cultivate self-love you have to do work on yourself um i go on about like the spiritual journey is about really getting to know who you are and accepting who you are Mm -hmm. um self-love is not just all you know about all the good things we have light and dark so carl jung talked about your shadow self and we all have that within us and part of this journey is accepting that, is accepting the dark and the light. I think that's a very valid point because we don't accept those imperfections that we have. Is it not case? And, and folks, you know, I'm sure some of you can relate to this, that sometimes we've put ourselves on a pedestal that's so high that it causes us to suffer and yet the pedestal wasn't even put by ourselves. It was other people who whose words and whose and whose words were so important to us upon whose words we place so much value and meaning that has caused us to build a pedestal for ourselves that we just can't achieve and and i think you've hit the nail on the head against now that if we're placing ourselves in that kind of level of pedestal we're trying to seek some kind of internal perfection who the hell are we trying to please here are we trying to please us are we trying to please our parents are we trying to please you know our lover and in doing so we're losing ourselves we're actually diluting the very essence of who we are i mean that's shitty that should never ever happen happens all the time because you know i was talking about this side where society um which includes everybody in our lives the the prominent people parents spouses relationships right um they put the programming into us and we call it head tapes. Um, a client of mine calls it this and that tape keep, keeps playing. And um, yeah. you may be going to a relationship. I'm unlovable. I'm unlovable. And that energy goes out. That person treats you like you're unlovable. Oh, this is true. I am unlovable. And it continues. And it's such a shame. And it's so sad that you live your life because other people have told you who you are. Because actually, you know, you are a child of God and you are full of divinity. And we just need to link back to that. And as I said, we all have good and bad. We have jealous thoughts. We have good thoughts. We have bad thoughts. As long as we're not acting on anything and, you know, we're trying to be a good person, 
we all are working towards being a good person. It's okay. You just have to accept all of that, who you are, and you are a shape and a product of society. And that's why you have to be honest with yourself. I think it starts with authenticity and honesty. It does. I think it has to start with self-honesty. Hansa made a good point here. She says women still today feel it's not their place to communicate that they will put their soul first and then give to a guy. So, and and I would just say, (laughs) I laugh because yeah, I know, I know, I know, you know, I'm I'm laughing because I think it's so not fair because we have been, especially in in Indian culture, but a lot of cultures that women are sort of inferior and right. So you, so what we're saying, and, and this is, this is exactly the curse and the conditioning that I think, People like us who are listening to this show, all of us collectively on this program right now, and those of us who listen to this, it's, I think the responsibility is on us. It's the onus is on us to help to decondition that, to help show a better way. Because here's the simple thing, guys, we're missing one thing. And I say guys in particular, if, if the ladies in our life don't feel or have the opportunity to love themselves, how can you expect the best out of them? Hell, how can you expect the best out of you and the best you to show up for somebody when you can't love yourself? And it's a, it's a disease for guys because guys love themselves in a kind of egotistical way, but that yeah. authentic love, that authentic, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I'm aspiring to be a caring father, husband, lover, boyfriend, uh, son, whatever it is, that authentic acknowledgement of one's, uh, one's good traits, like you say, seeing the good inside yourself and yet at the same time accepting that, yeah, I wake up late, I smell, I do this, I do that, I have bad habits. That genuine, authentic acceptance, I think, is the pathway to self-love. You're almost like standing between you and your own self-love when you start getting authentic. I think that's so powerful, you know? Yeah, you know, with any program, if you're like an addict or anything, you have to admit it before you can deal with it. So we take authenticity that helps self-love, which is saying a really good point here. So many of us don't even explore what our boundaries are in the first place. Only when they've been overstepped, do we start to reflect. So it's important to know what our limitations are in the first place. So we have the confidence to set them up. And I think that goes back to what we said, boundaries and ground rules. And we'll go through a little summary of that in a little bit. Um, Great point by Sanj here. Self-compassion involves treating yourself with the same kindness, concern, and support that you actually show to a good friend. When faced with difficult life struggles or confronting personal mistakes, you know, you should recognize that imperfection is a part of the human experience. I think that's really powerful, you know? Yeah, it's true. As I said, we all have the shadow self. And for me, I think that people have to um, take responsibility as well that after 18 we can't blame others um you know when you're young you can't have those uh, discerning thoughts but after 18 we have to take responsibility yeah you may have had a tough childhood or whatever so if you're not quite where you need to be and you're watching this i guess because you want to cultivate some self-love or uh, are interested in this topic so we need to take responsibility for our journey and recognize the good and bad within us. Then we can move forward. We can have those conversations and say, do you know what? I have actually maybe not cultivated self-love and maybe some of the things I've been doing have been out of ego or maybe right. some of the practices haven't been what they should be. We all do it. Don't we? we procrastinate. We don't look after ourselves, but 
we've got to do a check-in with ourselves to say, where are we? Are we going in the right direction? Right. Give ourselves a hard time as well, because some people, you know, the other way, they're too on it. They're like, yes, I've got to achieve, achieve, you know, like people like Robbie Williams and people like that. The overachievers because they just push and push and push and push where sometimes you just got to accept it's fine you don't have to be better do better every single day one day you can have an off day so self-love is just recognizing what is it that you need at this point and don't try and achieve to prove something to these people yeah yeah. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot to do with that. You know, we do spend too much time trying to prove stuff to other people when actually it has to, it has to come through to oneself. So you do need to take it back in. Everything we're talking about, again, just points to this thread. I think for me it's now that, you know, you've got to go back in, you've got to go back in yourself, recognize and acknowledge the kind of stuff that you have within yourself being authentic and accepting that and then going about to establish the ground rules and boundaries that you want to have in your life with other people which of course guys you know this is a fluid world right so boundaries and ground rules may change as we change as a person but i think it's just raising them getting them out there and then you know, working with authenticity not only for maintaining our boundaries but respecting others right let's talk about that for a moment you know when we come across people who are not loving themselves what do you regard now as the best advice you can give to somebody to help them to love themselves? You know, the top self-care tips. Well, um, we talked about some of it already in terms sure. of, sure, yeah. So I think keep a journal. That's a really helpful tip. I really enjoyed doing that when I was going through the journey. Affirmations. Um, again, if you Google there's so many on the internet. We, we could possibly share some, but just I love and approve of myself. Um, I see myself as a loving being. I love my body. Just record them on your phone and just play them back to yourself. Meditation. Uh, I think when you meditate, as I said, you go back to your own source and your source is love. Uh, chakra balancing. Um, that helps to balance the solar plex that's um, where your self-esteem resides um, and the heart chakra obviously right so just various activities that you can partake in but first of all just start giving that time to yourself so you can work on yourself with that time you can't do any of this so whenever a client comes to me and we talk about self-love we're like give yourself half an hour to an hour a day maybe more at the weekend and just be me time and you can make this happen. Like people say, oh, no, I just can't do it. Mother-in-law, kids, responsibilities. But if you really look at your day, you can find that half an hour. Because that half an hour will make you more productive, more loving. Half an hour to an hour will change your life. It's worth the investment. So we we, we need that time to think and re- reanalyze and you know ask these questions otherwise we're just going to be lost in the busyness busyness is the new addiction isn't it right everyone's too busy you talk to anyone nowadays um, what you've been up to oh, i'm just so busy we all do it i think <laughs> and um, we're hiding from ourselves like, i think i did a video on self-love and i was talking about how we hide in food we hide in alcohol we hide in addiction or we hide in even the smallest things like watching excessive TV. I have some clients who just procrastinate and that is a lack of self-love again, because you're not trying to 
achieve your ambitions, your dreams and looking after yourself. You just out of the game by just watching constant TV or gaming or, you know. We totally do that. Oh. So you so, yourself again, don't you? So I think that's an important point as well. Self-help, so self-help doesn't, self-love doesn't necessarily mean losing yourself in your favorite TV shows or games or other stuff because that could be distraction. So I think it's important to make a distinction between watching a TV show or chilling out and, I don't know, playing a computer game or reading a book because you want to do that to nourish yourself versus doing that because you want to escape from something. I think that's a major thing that we need to be aware of that we're not, that's not self-love then. That's just escapism. You just want time to run away, right? You're not trying to, and let's get this right, right? Self-love is not, is, is about running towards yourself, not running away from yourself. Completely. So you may think, oh, I'll have a cake. That's self-love. Okay. That's right. Occasionally. But if you have that cake every single day, that isn't self-love. That's just like kind of addiction. Sure. If you watch a TV program, you know, here and there to switch off, that's fine. But if you watch hours and hours every day, again, you're, um, you may be putting it under the banner of nourishing yourself, but it, that's when we talked about self-care at the beginning. It takes discipline as well. Love takes love for yourself takes discipline to go to the gym, to eat that salad, to say no to people. There's tough choices to be made. Self-love isn't just like, oh, everything's going to be an easy decision. Love that, yeah. Yeah. It's tough love, T- tough self-love. <laughs> yeah, tough self-love. I love that subject. I think that's a subject in itself, to be tough and be able to recognize that discipline and sometimes enduring something that's uncomfortable is still part of self-love, right? So I think going to the gym or working out or doing some kind of strenuous physical activity is a good example of self-love because you may not necessarily want to do it, but you know that actually – that discipline is actually bringing future happiness. People think that discipline equals misery, but actually discipline equals happiness because when you have discipline, you have the courage to stand up and say, I control my future. I control my destiny. And you don't, and you stop blaming your parents, your, your, your siblings, your past, your old workmates, your school friends who used to bully you. You stop blaming other people at some stage. For fuck's sake, we're over 18 years old now. Folks, we need to take responsibility. This is the message that has to come through. If any of us aren't getting this, we got to get that. We have to recognize that it's with us, right? As, as you said, we can't. There has to be a point. You stop blaming people on your past and your situation and recognize that you have the capability and power to do something about it now. Take control, take ownership of that. And as you say, exercise discipline, apply discipline in your life, get tough a little bit to get soft inside yourself. Yeah, it takes uh, delayed self-gratification. There's a really good book called A Road Less Traveled, and it talks about gratification. So sometimes you have to invest in the future. So if you eat cake right now and keep eating cake, it's going to block your arteries. It's going to lead to disease. It's going to lead to unhappiness. So right. you're not doing self-care, right? So yes, and taking responsibility, the buck does stop with you because you're a soul and you have an individual journey. And when you go back up after you die, you have a life review and you have to answer to yourself and to, to God depending on whichever belief they they talk about this in islam they talk about it in different uh, religions that once you go up you have a life review so 
you have responsibility for that life. You know, I say to people, God will go, what did you do with your life, Sneha? I watched a lot of TV. I didn't, you know, do much. Or are you going to say, yeah, I actually cultivated discipline. I loved myself and mm-hmm. I achieved the, the dharma, the sole purpose of coming down here in this incarnation. So the buck stops with you. I, you know, when you go up there, you can't say, my parents, my this, my that. No, it's got to be right here. And the thing is, in this, um, in the UK or the US, or the Western world, we have all the resources. In Africa, I didn't have anything. But here we've got the internet, we've got books, we've got... So we've got that all, right. Yeah, we've got people like us who run retreats and we have one-to-one sessions. There's so much availability of help that I... You know, it may take time as well. Don't give yourself a hard time. Don't go the other way. You know, know, I'm still messed up and I'm still, it takes a while. I say to people, it took 30, 40 years for you to get here. It's not going to change. Where you are. Yeah. You're not going to change overnight. I think that's massive. And, you know, if I may speak for myself, I know that I think for me, part of giving love to myself um, with the childhood and the upbringing that I have where I felt perhaps I lacked a certain amount of love from people around me and somehow I couldn't give it to myself. I was reaching out to get love. Um, having lost you know, my mom early and so forth, I think I missed out on that love and I kept reaching out for it. And it took a long time to recognize that part of self-love is actually going and getting some therapy, going out, spending time getting some therapy or counseling with people who can help you to coalesce and to make sense of what has happened in your past in order to allow you to pave the way for self-love to happen. So, folks, don't be shy. I think it's a big taboo, especially in the Asian Indian community, to seek help from people. It's like, you know, like there must be something mentally wrong with this person or you're, you're, it's almost like you're considered an outcast just for going and getting a therapist or hypnotherapist, counselor, coach, whatever it is. Actually, it's the, the furthest from the truth. Top performers in, in society for so many, many years have had their own therapists or counselors or coaches, right? Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Zeke Ziegler. Richard Branson, all of these successful persons have had some sort of coaching, counseling, therapy, most of them have had in their lives. And therefore, it's actually to be it's actually to be praised and to be commended that people actually do that, because that is self-love. It's tough love, I think, as you say, it's tough love because you don't necessarily want to pay 50, 60, 70, 100 pounds to somebody to go and talk about your stuff. But actually talking that through and investing that, that money is going into yourself, right? Again, that's self-love, giving money to yourself, not just buying a handbag and a subscription to Netflix. What happens is you have resistance as well. So I've had people that, you know, tell me their problems and I go, you know, go and see a therapist who will help you. No, no, I can't afford it. You know, and it's resistance. Um, this is a proper investment in yourself. Do you want to invest? Totally. You know, you can go on holiday um, to exotic, I used to do it this way, exotic destination, spend 800,000 pounds easily. This is an investment, you know, you're going to change your way of thinking. I went when I was in my 20s and I'm not embarrassed about it because I say, if you break your hand, you're going to go to the doctors. You're not going to try and fix it yourself. So if there's something about you that's not quite right up there, your brain is not processing it. Completely. It doesn't mean, you know, you're mental, mentally ill or whatever. Some of us are. Mental illness is such a taboo. People are starting to talk about it now. 
But if you've had hard time, if you've had trauma, it's going to impact you. It's like having a broken hand or a finger. You're going through life with an injury and there's experts who can fix it for you and you're trying to fix it yourself. Like, so there's no embarrassment in if you need, if you need to like, um, I don't know, train for a marathon, you might go and see a personal trainer. If you need your teeth done, you go to the dentist. Go, go yeah. Somebody, yeah. To go and see somebody who can fix your pattern of thinking. I, I, for me, it's a no brainer. But I think know. that's massive. I think folks, if you're listening in and, and I got to say, it because you live this now, this is, this is what you do. You gave up a corporate career, a successful corporate career, paying, paying reasonably good salary, and you threw not threw it all away. You gave it all up because you felt that your calling was to convey these powerful messages to people, to empower people to be able to become their best selves by investing in themselves, to have that self-love. And I think that if there's one message, people, that you can take away from this. If you take nothing away from this live call, take away the importance of investing in yourself by, by seeing somebody who is a trained therapist, counselor, coach, somebody who can help you, as you say, now very rightly, to get yourself into a better state. That's money that is pricelessly well spent. Completely, because I gave up a career in media, like I worked for BBC, ITV, and people are like, oh my God, you gave that up for this? Because I went from here, earning-wise, to there. But you know why I did it? Because I went through that journey of lacking self-love, of loneliness, of not making the most of my life, not pushing the envelope, not because I was too afraid and too insecure and too this and, you know, playing too small. And by seeing these experts, and I spent a good 10 years, if not more, reading and seeing, and I still read and still see people, and I still get healing myself because I think it's a never-ending journey, um, is investing in yourself, you know. People pay eight grand to go see Anthony Robbins. Why? Because it's right, yeah. And it pays dividends because when you invest in yourself, that money you can make back easily because you have that self-belief you're in line with your values, you're in line with the universe, you believe in abundance, it will pay itself back, you know? Um, so yeah, definitely self-investment is the way to go. Yeah, and I, I, I would give this example, folks, if I may, now, you know, from my personal experience, and uh, to everybody listening, have any of you gone and invested in your own property or moved into a place, a house or a flat apartment, whatever it is, and then decorated it? And then found that while decorating it, you needed to spend a little bit more. And you thought, you know what, this is going to be the place I'm going to be living in for the next two, three, five, 10, 20 years. So it's okay. I'm going to spend a little bit more and get this house, this apartment to the way I want it, right? Nobody thinks twice about doing that. We all have that experience. And many of us probably will have that experience when we move into our own place. We want to do it real nice. So guess what? We have to live in this body with this mind and this consciousness for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, some of us 20, some of us more, we all got to live in it for a number of decades. Surely we should apply the same generous yet well discerning consideration in investing in ourselves, just like we do with a house. 
we got to live in this vessel after all. So we should invest money in ourselves, whichever way it is, but with discretion. Nobody's asking us to plunder that money away, but you know, seeing a counselor, a therapist, investing in programs, reading books and in buying books and studying them. I think all of those valuable things are investing in our inner space. Totally agree. And, you know, I, I made a decision to do this because I'm waiting to share the journey I've been. And I like to say, not that, you know, I don't have ups and downs and challenges, sure. but I am a living proof of this works. works. You are a living proof. I mean, giving yourself, you are, you're a living proof that this works. There are so many um, people who have benefited from your coaching from your advice, your guidance. And there are others I know who are walking a parallel path, Pooja, uh, Kalpana with her laughter yoga, Pooja with her own healing. Uh, Manju, there are so many others here, Rena, who are doing this and walking their path. And I think this is the point here that we need more people to empower themselves, invest in themselves, but then not be selfish, but be self-loving and then give that love back i think i i see it as like i i see this as the example of a rate we should be like solar panels right we take in we we give ourselves love we take in that energy that we need and then we radiate that love back you know so when you fill your cup up and you give yourself that self-love you're charging your inner solar panel your your radiators are being charged your batteries are being charged and then you got something to give back out to people as you're doing snare as so many people out there right so many others are giving that love back out to the community and that's jesus that's what we need you know the world needs more of that the world doesn't need another tv drama the world doesn't need another hollywood movie and another superhero series and another new mobile phone what the world needs is people to love their damn selves more put aside the bullshit excuses about loving yourself about time and money and this love yourself and then go love other people better i'm getting all passionate at the end of this interview because it's so true we're not doing it enough snare tell them something as we wrap up it's all about love isn't it and um, that's i've always believed that it's all about love and that's all you're going to take with you you're not going to take the flashy car or the phone ain't going to take none of that stuff ain't going to come in your coffin i'm sorry to say nothing ain't going to come in your coffin but that time we invest in ourselves and give back out i think that's massive you know that will come you're going to take you know your uh, bhakti as in your sadhana the, the 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 practices you have like meditation prayers the knowledge and um the investment in yourself and the self-love and loving others that's all you're going to take with you everything else is superfluous so completely spend man. so much time on the superfluous stuff and they forget we have a limited time on the planet we think it's going to go on forever but as this incarnation we have about 80 years that's it that's it so we've got to get on with it love it i love it absolutely now i'm going to share some summaries i've got some summaries here and i've got here and thanks for this Kalpna. keep a journal positive affirmations chakra balancing meditation prayer whichever form that prayer happens to take for you yoga exercise something that's going to give you discipline that demands discipline walking in nature get connected with nature don't forget to laugh all of these are fantastic examples of giving yourself self-love investing in yourself as we've discussed and affirmations 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 forgiveness forgive ourselves forgive others letting go it's got to start with ourselves right so forgive ourselves first before we can do anything else got to start with ourselves 
Yeah, letting go emotions and situations. They're done now. They're in the past. Move on. People have Absolutely. a lot of things and that degrades us as well. And that's not loving ourselves. And talking of not loving ourselves, folks, for many of you who are listening to this, you'll be celebrating the festival of Navratri, Garba, as they call it, right? So I have a little, uh, I've, had a, I've come up with this little acronym that I think will help us remember the essence of this session. We've just talked about the top self-care tips, and we've gone through a summary of those. But let me say this, this is the season of Navratri coming upon us, as you know, in the Indian calendar. So I've come up with this little one, Garbas. G-A-R-B-A-S, G for ground rules, A for authenticity in your communications. And as you said, rightly, Snare, not only authenticity with other people, but with ourselves, being authentic to ourselves. R, R for respectfulness, respecting yourself and helping people to respect your boundaries, getting people to understand that you have your boundaries and respecting them. And R is also for responsibility, taking responsibility for yourself and not blaming your background, shedding that blame game for your past and recognize that the present is in your hands and your future can be shaped by that. So G, A, R for respectfulness and responsibility. B for boundaries. We talked about that extensively, establishing boundaries for others and for our inner selves, things that we won't let ourselves sell ourselves short of. And then finally, A, A for appreciation. As you said rightly, self-appreciation, showing kindness to oneself and recognizing one's accomplishments, uh, one's talents, one's ability. So G-A-R-B-A. Guys, you have it right there. Garba, the season of Navratri. Hopefully you remember this. Snare, any final words from yourself? And also, can you tell us what's on your radar any projects or any events that you've got coming up that people can come and learn more about these? Okay. So I've got some exciting news. I'm launched. Well, it's launched actually. So people can go on it today. It's called um, snaharamji.com. It's my new website. And uh, snaharamji.com as the name, right? That's a launch today. Congratulations. Yes. I'm still ray of light, but the website is now called snaharamji because I'm doing more coaching and combining coaching with, so I'm very unique. I do coaching, meditation, and Reiki together. And it's a great combination. Um, there's lots of testimonials on recommendation and on my website. So check out the website. And we've got, we should have Reiki coming up soon. So again, look on the website, Reiki classes and chakra balancing classes. So this is an opportunity for people to take the Reiki uh, course to actually learn to become skilled in the practice of reiki which is an ancient tradition and that's coming up and the details will be on your website right coming soon i think it'd be the end of september now and okay reiki is invaluable that's also i didn't mention it today there's a lot to talk about but it completely we'll have another mind. session yeah and nine what, years ago <laughs> <laughs> nine and years also, ago your journey started okay what else have you got cooking in the what else have you got cooking on on a so weekly we basis we have then tuscany retreat which is on the 11th to the 15th wait 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 what's happening on mondays to, to, tell us about your oh, monday oh yeah meditation. sorry i think mondays are amazing mondays we have meditation every monday in north harrow going now for Nearly four years, we have some amazing people that come. We have a great time. We talk about spiritual subjects. We cover things like self-love and jealousy and healing and tarot and all sorts. So every Monday, 8 to 9.30, North Harrow, you can DM me for details. Um, and then we've got Tuscany, which is... Tuscany Retreat, yay. Retreat. So 
I'm going to be teaching, Prash is going to be teaching. We have other wonderful teachers and yoga and martial arts and Florence and just amazing things. So we're going to have lots of cool things happening in Tuscany. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Chani, Manju, Amisha, welcome. There's so many people still tuning in. It's, I think it's just a joy. Can I just take a moment here? Can I just take a moment now to acknowledge all the talented, unique, and good-hearted individuals who are listening to this show one hour or something into the show and they're wow, still here. You've got patience. <laughs> <They've> got, <laughs> I want to acknowledge everybody who's here because you've taken time to listen because you, hopefully there's something here that you felt that could benefit you. And we hope that, and I think, you know, and I speak for you, I hope I speak for you here and I say this, that I think as fellow light workers, you and I, and so many other light workers listening to this, I think it's our mutual and universal wish that the wisdom that you're learning here can help to transform your approach and attitude to self-love, but then in turn, be a flame and light other people's desire for self-love you know find out people in your family in your friend circle people who you feel may be showing signs that they're not loving themselves either because they're working too hard they're hating themselves they're hating life they're down on people they're down on their luck they're greedy they're selfish they think they're fulfilled all of those categories of people go show them some love teach them some self-love and i think if we can all do that that can make a powerful transformation and carry on this Great work that you're doing, Snare, you know, in your capacity. Yeah, if you like something about somebody, they're wearing a nice dress and or if they look nice, you know, obviously within appropriateness. Let them Share know. some love. Yeah. because Help them to learn self-love. Yeah, we don't do enough of that. We project some of our things. Um, and if you're projecting as well, look out for that. If you're feeling like a, not having a great day, try not to project to others and um yeah be nice and be kind and be loving and be a light worker we need more light we need more light workers and and guys if you're listening we need more guys doing this stuff this is not exclusively for ladies self-love and all these soft things are not just for ladies okay this is for us so all the guys who are listening special kudos to you guys for sticking around and listening to this because geez you know (laughs) if there's one species on this planet who who need some who need to learn some self love and learn to see their softer side it's men the world over man if men can learn to love themselves properly authentically they would be nicer partners nicer husbands nicer sons fathers so much can happen if we can teach this and learn this I think it's massive that we're doing this. So really big kudos to everybody who's tuned in. And as now says, you can check her out doing her thing uh, in London uh, at any of her workshops and seminars. And Snare, hopefully we're going to have you doing all of this live in Tuscany in, in about a month's time in the middle of the mountains in, in, near the beautiful city of Florence. And you'll be doing some live workshops hopefully there. Yeah, totally. We cover subjects like this. Um you know our thinking positive or negative thinking self-love we'll have new topics uh, we have meditation chakra balancing we have pranayam so we do quite a lot so yeah i'm looking forward to it so folks if you haven't already done so check out now's website snaharamji.com check out the mantra therapy website mantratherapy.co.uk where you will find all the details of our retreat in tuscany 
in a month's time. It's supporting a fantastic Italian charity in the heart of Florence, um, in the heart of the Tuscan region. We'd love you to come along, be with us, support us, support yourself, invest in yourself. Check out mantratherapy.co.uk for details. And one humble request, if I may, Snow set up a new website. She's got a fantastic group on Facebook. Uh, it's now. Tell us your group. My group is called Creative Abund- Creating Abundance and Spiritual Upliftment. Manju really helps. She's on. So thank you, Manju. And we put quotes and articles. And I'm going to start Facebook Lives again from next week, probably on a Tuesday. So I'll confirm that. So try and join that. And Absolutely. So what was I going to say? Just kind of. Um, yeah, I'm going to offer free consultations. So people that are new to me, that we've not had any interaction if anyone watches this afterwards um there's a there's a form on my website just fill that in you can get free meditation free consultation give me a shout that is i couldn't have said it better you know from from and being an immigrant to being bullied to being to to, to working in environments which were chock full of men and you being the only lady to having friends who were turned out to be not really good friends at all through relationships and dates and failed all kinds of things you've turned out to be the healer that you are and you are truly living proof that one can live their purpose and their passion without having to be out on the streets without having to beg for a living but to live with nobility and honor and help people around you and i think that is what the world needs more of we all can learn from that and aspire from that so thank you snare for being with us your name Sneha, and for those of you who are listening, the word Sneh, please tell them what the word Sneh means. It means love. It means love, love and deep perfection. The word Sneha comes from Sanskrit. So Sneha, thank you for being the um, embodiment of that and sharing that on this show thank tonight. You. And thank you for everyone for listening and we hope to all see you or interact with you soon. Lots of love to all of you. Thank you so much, folks. And I may humbly request you, if you haven't already done it, please leave a like on the Mantra Therapy page and leave a little five-star review or some kind of high-star review. If you're liking what we're doing, please support us. We do this. It takes energy and passion to do it. And we do it because we care. And we like to have a laugh as well. So please show some love. Check out Snare's page and check out the Mantra Therapy page on Facebook. Like it. Leave some reviews. And that will help us grow and spread this message. Please be a part of this change and share. And we'll see you on the next episode. And we can't wait to see you then. Peace out. Namaste. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as with all our episodes, found something to inform, inspire, and empower you in your spiritual and personal journeys in life. As always, if you enjoyed it, feel free to leave a little love through your ratings and comments. Share it with those who you care about. And take your personal and spiritual evolution to the next level by joining us on one of our events, workshops, or retreats. Find out more about us at mantratherapy.co.uk. I'm your host, Prash K. This is Urban Spirituality, and we will catch you on the next episode.